Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. I would say yes, Pretty Scary mm-hmm. Boo. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. Adam Todd Brown. I am Caitlin Cut. Oh, wow. We're your hosts. I knew I was a host. And then when you introduced yourself, I recognized your name as being was, one of the hosts as well. It was a cute little moment. Caitlin and I have never seen each other. We've only heard Ever. our voices. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have no idea what Adam looks like. Yeah. It's like the masked singer. Kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, but with just the two of us. Right, right. Our, our online avatars do the talking when we're on Zoom calls. Caitlin, how's it going? Great, I bet. Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? Man, the world is moving at a rapid fire pace. It's a lot uh, happening. Lots of things happening in the world right now. If you are a pretty scary listener and you are anywhere where Ida has affected your home, your safety, Please know we are thinking about you. I am so sorry that you are going through this. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world, and Adam and I decided to, to talk about something happy. Right, Adam? No, Caitlin. Actually, that's next week when we talk about the premiere episode of Ghost Adventures, S1E1. Oh, but this week, we're talking about medical malpractice horror stories, and in particular, uh, mix-ups. Little, little mix-em-ups that little happened. Little whoopsie-daisies. Little medical whoopsie-daisies. It is, uh, it's a hot topic all the time because uh, people are constantly getting hurt by medical professionals. In fact, Caitlin, mm-hmm. in 2016, shocking report from a wildly trustworthy source, Johns Hopkins Medicine, old Johnny Hopkins, ran an article in 2016 with a uh, mildly terrifying headline. Study suggests medical errors now third leading cause of death in the U.S. I believe that. It's definitely an alarming statistic. Yeah, because you have to, I mean, I've been hospitalized a lot. And the biggest issue that I've had while being in the hospital is that people don't listen to you. They do not listen to you when you tell them certain things. I I swear I could start, Adam, if you wanted to, you could start a very successful podcast seminar series. I think you'd make a boatload of money. Where I feel like my skill sets would be useful is creating a seminar on teaching people how to advocate for themselves when they're in a hospital. Because you have to learn certain things to say that obligates the teams around you to mobilize and actually check out what you're dealing with. Because if I didn't learn how to do that, I for sure would be dead by now. There's, there's, I mean, I can, I can think of three separate occasions where for sure I would be dead right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously a problem. It's a thing that hits close to home for me because my dad basically died over a medical error. He died when I was 17 and, uh, The first error happened when he was young and he contracted hepatitis C and it went undiagnosed because he was born with type 1 diabetes. So all of his symptoms from hepatitis C were just attributed to his diabetes. So that eventually turned into cirrhosis of the liver and he had to have a liver transplant. But... The uh, they found a liver for him and uh, he was scheduled for transplant surgery. And for some reason, the day before his transplant surgery, his doctor did this completely unnecessary procedure that he didn't need. And it made him too weak to get the transplant surgery. Oh, Adam. 
And so he died a couple weeks later. So this is something I'm familiar with. I know it, it obviously happens. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Does it really happen as much as old Lightning Johnny Hopkins says? I feel like Johnny Hops, I trust him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but mm-hmm. McGill University in Montreal put out a really interesting article. Uh, most interesting, it just came out August 27th of 2021. So right as we were gearing up to do this episode. And they actually call that a myth. I'll link to the article. It's very, very long. And they go into a lot of detail about why this Johns Hopkins report wasn't necessarily accurate or good science. It's based on an equation that doesn't necessarily pan out if you examine it that close. Not that this doesn't happen, but the degree to which Johns Hopkins says it happens, maybe not so much. I think what I got out of the article is that John Hopkins used a term, medical malpractice is a very big term. Yes. And that's not the same thing as shit happens. Right. (laughs) And and I think that that really is to me something that I want to keep in mind when we're going through all these other stories that we're going to cover, because there is a real difference between full blown medical malpractice and people making decisions in the moment that they're making be based on the information that they're given. And right. I feel like those are two very, very different things. Right. And McGill University was kind of implying that Johns Hopkins didn't right. make that yeah. distinction as well they as didn't. they should have. Uh, they but again, I this, do th- this still I do happens think- all the time. A hundred percent. And I do think that, you know, by the end of that massive article, the thing that I came away with is the bigger question of, are we training the intermediaries in the medical field proficiently enough to detect certain things? Oh, probably not. The way information gets passed up to attending physicians depends completely on who is handing off that information. Yeah. Uh, And anyway, so... Yeah, and it, that's, it's the kind that's, of thing you th- think wouldn't be that important that Johns Hopkins got this report wrong and McGill University corrected them five years later. I'm sure it's been discussed before now. Now's the time, though. <laughs> and the thing is, they point out in this article that it's very important that people stop spreading this myth because what's happening is... Places like the NRA are using it to say, see, going to the hospital is more dangerous than owning a gun. And uh, there are like alternative medicine types who will be like some of the quotes they use are uh, more Americans are killed in U.S. hospitals every six months than died in the entire Vietnam War or medical errors kill the equivalent of three fully loaded jumbo jets crashing every other day. And those are all statements based on this Johns Hopkins report. Yeah. So it's important that we get shit like this right, meaning people who are actually paid to break news like this. I think the the Ivermectin story, there's it's been we've talked about it a bunch on various episodes this week. The way that's reporting is going to get people killed. Joe Rogan's not taking horse drugs. Joe Rogan is taking the human version of that drug. But by reporting it as Joe Rogan's taking horse dewormer, that's going to make people who are prone to take horse dewormer, see that article and then go, oh, well, Joe Rogan's fine. So the media must just be lying to me about how well this horse drug works 
when the reality is he's not taking the horse version, and that needs to be very clear in those articles. But it's not, and they wonder why cases of those poisonings are now spiking in the days since that story started coming out. It's well, big. and how how nice for Joe Rogan, because if people overdose on either form of ivermectin, he gets to say, well, they didn't do the, they didn't read the instructions correctly. So of course they died because that's the kind of person Joe Rogan is. Right. But he's not taking the, it's not even that like, I know he's but getting just, it prescribed he, by a doctor, but he doesn't have to be accountable for any of the things that he's saying. And that's right. what bothers me. But the people reporting on this aren't accountable either. Agreed. Like, like it would, it would be very good and uh, it would be very prudent if they would stop pretending this is a drug that's rarely given to humans and that it's mostly a horse pill. This drug won a fucking Nobel Prize in 2015 for its human use. It is FDA approved for use in humans, just not for COVID. But it's not a fucking horse drug. But the way they're telling that story, people are going to see horse drugs, see a healthy Joe Rogan and go, horse drugs for me. And more people will yeah. die. Well, that, and I also just think that like, I mean, and I get it. I, I get it. I so get it. I'm so angry and I'm so tired of all of this, but shame doesn't work. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> so, so we have to think of something else because this anti-intellectual movement is coming from decades and decades of a broken education system that only rewards people with all of their faculties and resources in line in order to take the best outcome out of the resources that are given by our tax dollars. If you don't have that, if you don't live in a nice area, if you don't have a nice family, or, hey, I hate to say it, if you're just not that smart. It happens. People people are just not always that smart. Our system is not set up to give you the attention that you need. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you get left in the dust and then they get shamed and then they get angry. And then along comes the secret knowledge and they finally have something over the smarties. And this is where we are. So anyway, let's talk about when medical mishaps do happen because it still happens, still happens all the time. Just totally not as common as Johns Hopkins would have you believe. The other thing that I would like to say is that vaccine injury can happen. It happens. People get hurt from vaccines. And because we shove those stories aside and pretend like they don't happen, we have this huge problem on our hands because it looks like we're covering up this bigger conspiracy. That's the other thing that drives me nuts about all of this. It's like, yeah, you're right. I'm not saying that there isn't vaccine injury. I'm just saying it's probably not going to be you. Yeah. And like speaking of conspiracy, that's why McGill University wrote this article when they did, because there's a TV show called The Resident. And on the first episode of this show, one of the nurses is talking to the lead character and she goes, you know, medical error is the third leading cause of death in the United States. And uh, then she goes, they don't want us to talk about that. And that's when McGill's had to jump in and be like, no, 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 that is that's a fucking myth. Stop perpetuating it. Also, by the way, Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu, Nicole Kidman says something about taking mushrooms that is one of the most blatantly incorrect things I've ever heard in my life. And I'm never going to watch that show. Ooh. Do not watch that show. What does she say? I couldn't get into it. I watched a couple I can't, episodes. I can't remember. It has to do with, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a long, long, it's a, it talks about how she basically gets how mushrooms affect the body wrong. So they never bothered to hire anybody by, even though they're going to dispense all this quote unquote medical information. It's, it's really disappointing. Don't watch that show. So let's talk about some instances when 
medical errors do happen because they do totally happen, obviously. Case in point, this first story, which is what made me want to do this episode. I was uh, scrolling through some headlines and uh, I, I, I came across a pretty crazy one. Healthy baby terminated after being mistaken for sick twin. And they don't they don't mean sick in the like one twin was doing kick flips on a skateboard in the womb. They mean that other twin was very sick, sick with a condition called restrictive growth, which we shouldn't have to explain what that means. Right. That's a good name for a disease. It's very, very succinct, very to the point, a little on the nose. They could have gone a little fancier, but. I think all diseases need names like what the thing is. Like yeah. cancer should be like your body's eating itself. Right, right. Eating uh, yourself disease. Just that simple. Well, there is an eating yourself disease, though. God damn it. <laughs> Several. Fuck. Go ahead. I'll think of a better one for cancer later. So it, according to an article. Too much. You've got too much of you in your body. <laughs> There it is. There it is. There's too much you. Too much of you. So according to an article published by The Independent a couple days ago, doctors at a Birmingham hospital, the British one, not Mm -hmm. the Alabama one. We're finally off the hook for something. Mistakenly terminated a healthy unborn baby during a procedure instead of the sick twin that was supposed to be terminated. Uh, Supposed to be feels like a harsh way to put that. But uh, it is. You know what I mean? Mother was pregnant with twins. And uh, the restrictive growth thing, it makes it more likely that stillbirth will happen and that neither of the kids will survive. So instead of rolling those dice, she decided to abort the sick twin and uh, hopefully save the healthy one. But uh, doctors got that part backwards and they aborted the healthy twin and not the one that was sick. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Yikes. Ooh. I hope they got a nice little lawsuit out of that one. And it's it's scary how many stories like that are out there in the world. Because we're going to talk about uh, quite a few on this episode. But there's so many more. Like, I remember in school hearing about a guy who went in to, I believe, have a leg amputated. And they took off the wrong leg. Like... Imagine waking up to that. Imagine being that doctor. Or do you even let the doctor tell him or does a lawyer go tell him? A lawyer with a big blank check. Yeah. Like the guy's like, there was a tattoo on the sick leg. How did you fuck this up? I would love to see the perverse Rube Goldberg version of what happened. Cause that's like a, this is what I'm saying. It's like, if the attendant tattoos the wrong leg like this is the kind of thing that can happen yeah i remember a episode of a tv show about a a doctor and it was uh like a true crime type thing it wasn't Mm -hmm. a scripted show yeah and uh this doctor i think it was actually a true crime show this doctor he was an anesthesiologist and i think he showed up to work kind of hammered and accidentally administered uh adrenaline Instead of anesthesia and fucking gave the person a heart attack, killed him. So, uh, it happens. What I'm saying, what we're saying is Caitlin and I have developed an herbal remedy that (laughs) will actually cure anything, anything. So do you want to risk this? Where were you when you found out that Joe Rogan's supplements were called alpha brain? (laughs) Have you seen the ad? I have not. I've I've taken in the most Joe Rogan content I take in in my life is him ringside at UFC events. Beyond that, I I have I've seen like 
assorted clips from his podcast, but I've never listened to an episode. I remember pulling up an episode once and it was like three hours long. And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm not listening to you for three hours. I don't really care about the length so much as I care about that he created his own supplement and the ad copy is him and some lions. (laughs) I have a real problem. I just love the vision of Joe Rogan in his garage fucking whipping up chemicals. It is the worst Photoshop I've ever seen. Like, I don't know who put this ad together, but it looks like... it's the quality equivalent of a Nigerian fishing scheme because it's like, <laughs> we, we want to target the person attracted to this level of copy. That's I'm telling you, that's why critical it's, thinkers need not apply. That's, like that's it, why it's so dangerous to tell people he's taking horse drugs. Cause they'll be I like the alpha brain worked for me. And it's like, clearly it did not. If you're considering yeah. a horse drug, pal. fucking mouth breather, like Ugh. what the hell? It's just, Anyway, so yeah, Adam and I are launching our own supplements. I like when uh, Joe Rogan moved to Spotify and all these people were like, oh, fuck you, Spotify. And my thought was, well, not everyone uses Spotify, so probably fewer people are going to hear him. And sure enough, I saw an article with a headline the other day, Joe Rogan losing influence after moving to Spotify. And it's like, thank you, Spotify. You did your job. Everyone hates you more than they like Joe Rogan. Anyway, our supplement is called Pretty Scary You. Yes. And (laughs) if you use code UNPOPS at checkout, you save more than 11% on your order. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to this next terrible story. Hey, let's talk about Eugenius Snowden. What a name. What a great name. I shall name him Eugenius. Yeah. Well, this is a woman. This is a woman. (laughs) Says you. (laughs) Says Eugenia. Uh, probably no relation to Edward Snowden, but if there is relation, this was obviously a government assassination. She went in for surgery. It ends up taking like 17 hours, like the fucking Peking duck of surgeries. No, no surgery should take 17 hours. That's not good. It takes so long. There's a personnel change in the middle. Was her face getting transplanted? Yeah, I don't know. But if anyone, like the places you could fly to in that amount of time. Oh, the dreams you're going to have when you, oh no, I want no part of it. Anyway. Oh no. So there's this personnel change and somehow the two teams lose count of how many sponges are in Ms. Snowden's bod. I would. Yeah. I mean, how do you keep count? There's literally a thing called the sponge count, but how do you keep count? You know, I, I think after 10 hours and two teams, Sponge count. Yeah. You're not you're, reliable. You're chucking sponges in her abdominal cavity Just and shouting Kobe when to you do make it. it to the end yeah. of the day. We've all been there. Jordan. So. Yeah, I think if, if you're a, if you're working in a surgery, if, an, if you're working in an OR hour 10, you've just become like any other person trying to get out of work. I don't care what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah, no. Definitely. And yeah, I, when I was researching this, I saw a few articles about people worrying about what the, the medical staff is saying about them when they're under anesthesia. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Just get my surgery right. If you need to do some yuck ups at my expense to break the tension, <sighs> fucking do it. Wow. Can you imagine being so insecure that you're wondering... What? Wow. That is really shocking to me because I've had so many surgeries and that has never crossed my mind. No, we we just wanted to let you know that the surgery was successful and we 
were able to remove the cancer. Yeah, but what were you saying about me? Tell me the inside jokes. I know you have them. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly what the person sounds like, too. I would love, I'm going to say this, I would love to see the, the gender ratio in that concern, because I think that would be fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have my suspicions. Need to get old Johnny Hopkins on that. Johnny, Johnny. So they lose count of the sponges, and they end up leaving a couple insider. You know, there but for the grace of God go any of us. You know, any of us could lose a sponge inside a person. I can't even find my car keys. Maybe they're inside Eugenia Snowden. In my purse. You know? (laughs) So they would have caught this right away if they had just looked at the post-op x-ray, which is standard procedure, but also, like you were saying, 17 hours of surgery. What do you want from people? They're just people. They're like, I am going to bed. I'll look at that x-ray in about six weeks, which is how long it took them to finally look at it. I would also imagine, see, this is the thing I keep coming back to. I don't think it's the surgeon's job to count the sponges. In fact, that would make no sense. No. So once again, I just want to come back to who these people are that are making these gravely scary mistakes and the kind of training that we need to be ensuring these people have before we let them do their job. Yeah, absolutely. But also he could have looked at that x-ray. It wouldn't have killed him. It's a bit, I mean, it's standard procedure. Wouldn't have killed him. So he ends up discovering that these sponges are still in her like six weeks later when he finally looks at the x-ray, tries twice to go in and remove them and is somehow unsuccessful. Not only Uh that, but he ends up injuring her spleen during one of those procedures. This is on the surgeon now. (laughs) Yes. Now. Now now it's on the surgeon. I just want to, yeah, keep track. uh, Nevertheless, the hospital swears that the sponges in her abdomen played no role in her eventual death. Every hospital is Philip Morris. Their exact statement, the evidence does not support everything bad that's happened. Who wrote that? Can I use that forever? Did they write that at the end of the 17-hour shift also? Is everyone drunk at this hospital? <laughs> what the a evidence weird does not statement. support that everything bad that's happened. Oh, so 9-11 happened because we left sponges in her? Is that hey, what you're look, saying? What I saw was some locked doors. People couldn't get out. <laughs> We're blaming this all on the terrorists now? Is that what we're saying? This sponge is elect Trump. Is that what happened? This hey, sponge listen. did that. Did I leave my Christmas tree up till February? Yes, I did. Is that because my house burnt down? Show me your evidence. <laughs> Where's the receipts? Other than I bought the tree, you got me there. Eventually, her family won a lawsuit and was awarded $100,000, which I'm sure brought that hospital right to its knees. Unbelievable. We d- that's the thing we did to ourselves. That's tort reform bullshit right uh-huh. there. If uh cuz you sign a bunch of shit that you're not thinking of when you're going in to get your spleen worked on or whatever and a lot of it is uh you can't sue these people. <laughs> yeah, there there was one story that as heartbreaking as all of these are, it was too fucking sad to include in this episode, but it was about a girl who through medical malpractice ended up uh, being brain dead. And the the doctors were like, she's brain dead, take her off life support. And her family was like, we don't think she is. And this big court battle starts playing out. And the doctors swear she died in 2013. Family says she died in 2018. And the difference between those two dates, if she died in 2013, 
the family is only entitled to a maximum uh, award of $500,000, according to the state of California. If your kid dies, there's a $500,000 cap. But if they just injure your kid for life, there's probably still a cap. Uh, probably of like course there's still a cap. $5 million, which means you'll be able to take care of the kid till they're like 14 or something. But uh, yeah, it was... It was too fucking much, but not no, this next not. one. No, not this next one. Whew. This next, because here's the thing: once something's it's, more than fifty years old, it's 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 not tragic anymore. And like, okay, I want to I want to step that back a little bit. Uh, slavery, the Holocaust. Uh, just we're talking about only medical malpractice, Adam. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Okay, good, good. I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast regularly would ever assume that what you said is something that you could just ride out into infinity. <laughs> it's my mantra. I, I chat, chant it to myself every morning. I, I will say that this next whoopsie daisy is a very like, there's like an antiquity to it that I appreciate. And it is almost comical. Not as funny as almost. he disemboweled and felt himself in front of the cops because that's just comedy gold. You're going to have Check. to listen to the outtakes for that, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but it's old enough to where most of these people would be dead anyway by now. How about that? Yeah, there we are. How about that? That makes me feel better unless any of them were babies at the time. Because then they're only like seven years older than my mom. And I'm sure there yeah. are people out there seven years older than my mom. Boomers are not doing too hot right now. Yeah. Let's just roll with this. I haven't done know? the research, so I don't know. Exactly. We haven't done the research. They're probably all dead. Go ahead. So this happened back during the heart of World War II, 1942, at Oregon State Hospital. Out of nowhere, patients just start getting violently ill. Some of them even die. Some died within minutes. Others took hours to die. In all, 47 people were killed and more than 262 were injured. It was actually 263. So many people dying. That is, that's a whole lot. Because it was World War II and our food supply was considered a, a prime target for shenanigans, sabotage was the first suspect, prompting the government to recall massive shipments of eggs that had been sent to hospitals and institutions all over the country. So initiate the plan shenanigans. Yeah, I, I love I, I, just, I just like the idea of Nazis targeting the eggs. It's like that. What can we I, get? I eggs. like the idea of, of Nazis calling something Operation Shenanigans. It probably happened. They had very fun names or if not, the U.S. has done it by now. Oh, Although I feel like you're right. The Germans, the Nazis, not the, I don't want to associate the two necessarily anymore, but they had a flair. They had a style to their horror that is yet to be unparalleled. Yeah. Germ <laughs> Germans don't like when you're like, you know, Germans, those Nazis. Yeah. I don't mean it that way at all. <laughs> I, I really don't. So they suspect this is the Nazis. The governor of Oregon at the time, Charles Sprague, called it, quote, a mass murder. Really sad detail. The hospital wasn't equipped to handle this many deaths at once. So uh, the bodies had to be piled up in the chapel and lined up in hallways. It was a real scene, Caitlin. Sounds familiar. It was a whole lot. Yeah. But what's what's the twist, Adam? An investigation followed shortly thereafter, at which point a hospital staffer came forward and confessed that they'd sent a patient down to the basement to get powdered milk for those eggs, and uh, they mistakenly brought back six pounds of roach poison. 
which was God. then mixed with the eggs. And that's Why what a patient. killed everybody. I reread that note several times thinking I read it wrong, but it I didn't. It's the, the article that we'll link to about this actually mentions that that is yeah. still a practice. There are, they still have patients <laughs> at a hospital sometimes, you know, help out with the work, chip in. You're getting free room and board until you get an $85,000 bill for your three-day stay. Chip in. What is going on? You got time to lean. You got time to clean. That's so weird. I mean, again, the antiquity of it. I'm like, I guess I could see how that, like, weird, all sorts of weird shit was going down during World War II. So I could see some nurse ratchet type making some, you know, recent appendicitis operation survivor, you know, grit their teeth all the way down to the basement, (laughs) grab a bag of rat poison and come up. I mean, I could see it. I nowadays, I just, I can't even conceive of that happening, but it does. So whatever. I don't yeah. know what's going on in the world. There was a story a couple years ago. You might remember it. It wasn't medical malpractice, but a woman was at a restaurant and ordered uh, sweet tea. And the person went back uh, to make her sweet tea. And instead of putting sugar in it, they put uh, some sort of cleaning product in it on accident. And it like burned her esophagus. She drank it and immediately said, I've been poisoned. Like by myself. Okay. Lady, come on now. Yeah. Mm -mm. I don't know. She didn't didn't do it. The, like the wait staff is the one that went back and got the, the, she was at a restaurant. Yeah. 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 I thought it much like this situation here where they were sending a patient to get a bunch of powdered milk that this lady was told to go to the back of the restaurant and make her own tea. I'm sorry, can I, get, can I get some sugar for this? In the kitchen. You get it yourself. Get it yourself, dame. I have. I, I had zero sympathy for that woman for a minute, but now I feel terrible for yeah, her. Yeah, now it feels worse. Now it feels worse. How about this next woman? Is it weird to say this one's my favorite? It just is. I don't, oh, well. It's, it's definitely, I would argue it's the craziest one. It's the craziest one. On the one. list. And of course, because it's uh, coming out of Russia. And uh, yeah. they do crazy really, really well. They are excellent at crazy, better than anybody. The patient in this case was a 28-year-old woman named Ekaterina Fedyaeva. She was, she was diagnosed with ovarian cysts. We've all heard of them. They're a very common thing. They happen. So, yep. And she went in for what should have been routine surgery to remove those ovarian cysts in 2018. During the operation, the medical staff made a slight error. At one point, they were intending to wash out her abdominal cavity with saline solution, and instead, they used something called formalin, which contains formaldehyde because it is used to embalm dead bodies. Definitely something you want to keep on the same shelf as saline. And there's some suggestion that they didn't realize it at first because this poison ends up staying in her body for like 14 hours. And when they did finally realize it, they tried to wash her abdominal cavity out again with saline. And by that point, her body was like fucking too late. And (laughs) she was being embalmed alive. I mean, that's so wild. That's a wild, wild story. And it, it took hours for her to die. And apparently at one point after the surgery, she looked at her mom and said, I'm dying. And her mom just assumed she was in a lot of pain from the surgery and was like using hyperbole, but nope, her, uh, organs were going into, she, she went into massive organ failure and died because, uh, she was embalmed alive. That's just, I, I'm not going to make the joke. Just keep going. 
It's, it's yeah. Got a, it's got a joke. I'm not making it. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Write it down and mail it to me. I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pantomime it to you at a certain <laughs> point. It has something to do with saving money. Just go quick before I do it. Tell start people's story. I don't want to do it. How about this next story happened in the UK? Oh, I'm so relieved. Okay. Yeah. A woman was mistakenly told that her husband died during surgery. This, this one is also. This one, I mean, no one dies except this the person me, who dies, but. This one made me laugh. Yeah. This is just, Unfortunately. A, little, just a little chuckle. We'll mix them up. A little whoopsie daisy. Uh, a guy named Gary Furzer was. Great di- name. Diagnosed with cancer of the kidney and was admitted to hospital for surgery. This happened in the UK. We can't say the hospital. While he was there, his wife received a a pretty alarming phone call. Uh, It was the hospital where her husband was, had been admitted, letting her know that her husband died. Except, no, he did not. The woman, the woman was actually calling about a patient who had a very similar name, but instead of verifying the patient numbers to make sure who she was supposed to call about, she just went with the one she assumed it was, and uh, she chose wrong and called this guy's wife and said, your husband's dead. We're fur You were calling fur <laughs> It would be funny if it was something that simple. It's got to be something that similar because... Furzer is a pretty distinct name. Yeah. So to mix it up, Nurzer, Scherzer, like it Scherzer, it's got to be, it's got to be Gary. We know it was a Gary. Two right? Garys. For sure. Definitely two Garys. And then what a last name. it was name, only the Gary part she remembered? It was like, oh, there's a Gary. Okay. Cause so, but we both agree there were two Gary names in play here. Oh, definitely. Because that last name is way too specific. So. She's just looking for Gary's, I guess. And hey, R.I.P. Other Gary, because that guy was for sure dead. And uh, I wonder if they made the woman they called call the real Gary's wife and tell her. Maybe the phone call was, hi, uh, Miss Miss Gary Fervor. I'm calling to let you know that your husband is out of kidney surgery. And she said he wasn't in there for kidney surgery. And then that's where it all started. Mm. Maybe that's what it was. It could be. It could be something like that. I love a good mystery. This reminds me of a couple stories from my past. One, I went to high school <laughs> briefly with a girl who for about an hour uh, believed she had full-blown AIDS because she took an AIDS test. I don't even know what for. No, she hadn't even, I don't think she had even taken an AIDS test. She had just taken like routine okay. blood tests. Sure. And the doctor calls her back and is like, I'm sorry, but you have AIDS. <laughs> And she just got to live with that for a couple hours until they finally called her back and were like, uh, actually, we were wrong. You do not have AIDS. We mixed your results up with someone else. Whoa. And then my friend Clint, who uh, he lives in South Dakota, he went to a Minnesota Vikings game and he was staying with a friend of his who was an ER doctor in Minneapolis. Okay. And... He ends up taking, accidentally taking her house keys with him to the game. She didn't go to the game with him. Okay. He ends up accidentally taking her house keys. She's locked out of her house uh-huh. and she's calling Clint like every 10 minutes. And he had left his phone in the trunk of his car because this, like, this was like pre camera phones and shit. There was yeah, no reason yeah, yeah. to bring your cell phone to a football game. So she's frantically trying to call Clint and can't get a hold of him. And at one point, she ends up calling his mom in South Dakota. And for reasons that are still unknown to anyone, 
She starts this call by saying, hello, Mrs. Cron. I'm an ER doctor in Minneapolis. And Clint's mom knew he was at this game in Minneapolis. So she like for a second is like, oh my God, what happened? And Clint's friend is like, uh, he took my keys with him to the game and I can't get a hold of him. Oh, I would literally reach through the phone and kill that woman myself. If that were I love that story so That's a much. great story. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell it on the podcast, but hey, sue me, Clint. Anyway. We're okay. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. Clint's cool. He's cool. He's Clint's not a fine. cop. Clint's Great no guy. Cop. Great guy. Oof. Speaking of mix-ups. Yep, let's keep going. We are, we're going to close out with a, f- a few of the wackiest mix-ups in medical history. Wacky being a very relative term here. Yeah, it's like coffin flaps whack. Uh, This first one, it's a story out of the birthplace of the Dave Matthews Band, that being South Africa, obviously. Clearly. In July 2020, a retired nurse named Nomsa Noda lost her husband to COVID because of COVID precautions at the time. She wasn't allowed to view her husband in his casket before he was buried. And uh, unfortunately... At some point between him dying and her being shown this casket, his name tag got switched with someone else. So it was a complete stranger in that casket that she ended up burying. And what's really crazy about it is that the undertaker at the funeral home (gasps) knew that this happened and was too scared to say anything. So he just let the funeral go ahead. And then the next day he called her doctor and was like, Hey, uh, she buried the wrong guy. And then she had to pay for a whole other funeral. No, that's not fair. That is not fair whatsoever. That's not fair. And the family also, she not only had to pay for another funeral, but this guy's family lived all around the world and they flew in for this funeral. And so the second funeral had like less than 20 people there. because this is what GoFundMe should be for. Yes, absolutely. Like this is a GoFundMe moment that I'd be like, here's 10 bucks. I don't know what to tell you. That's what these crowdfunding sources should be about. Like just complete bizarre bullshit not i'm trying to pay for my life saying big chemo <laughs> yeah you know stupid chemo oh, i mean the country should be taking care of people better when it comes to stuff like chemo so you're right yeah yes and uh also <gasps> the family of the wrongly buried man had to uh dig him up and rebury him which at that point wouldn't you just be like Can we what, just what's up with this sites? headstone swap maybe like just swap the headstones yeah. like yeah. like why would you this is why i'm getting cremated this is pointless oh yeah i'm 100% just, i don't even cremated. care where they throw my ashes it doesn't it, it, i can't think of something that matters less yeah yeah my my last wishes are whatever makes you guys feel good <laughs> do that Fucking i'm not there bury me at sea like bin laden i don't give a shit yeah, whatever yeah. Go to Disneyland. Sprinkle me in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Who cares? Speaking of some some uh, some switches happening mm-hmm. at the hospitals, this next story: a woman named Becky Martin took to TikTok earlier this month with a horror story about uh, the birth of her two children. The hospital where she delivered her children brought the wrong baby to her room twice. Oh, man. The first time it was when her son was born. They wheeled in a baby and said. Uh, We fed your baby for you at a point in history at at which uh, Becky Martin was literally breastfeeding her child 
when they bring in another kid and go, hey, this one's yours, and we fed it. So uh, that was unfortunate. And then she she returns to this hospital a couple years later to have another child, this time a daughter. And at one point, staff just rolls a baby into the room and said, here's your daughter, even though her daughter was already in the room. Energy does this woman have? I mean, I don't want a victim blame here, but that's like... It is... What are the odds that that happens to a woman twice? Yeah, did, what if she just took the wrong baby both times? Like, what if she's at fault here? And how could you never, how could you, like, ever feel like you haven't? You know what I mean? It does make you wonder how often this happens and how oh, many I'm times sure it, it happens all the time. Doesn't get caught. All the time, I'm sure. Oof. Then years, years later, that dad's like, that kid doesn't look anything like me. Listen. Like, go on, when- Maury. Oh. When my, my son is blonde with blue eyes, I'm not saying I was concerned, but it was weird. Luckily, yeah. he looks exactly like my husband. So I'm like, OK, because he looks almost nothing like me, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a lot like my husband. So and I've actually heard somewhere that like from an evolutionary standpoint, that's not that's that happens a lot, that the firstborn usually looks the most like the husband. And huh. as the family procreates slowly but surely they look more like the mother weird yeah I saw check it. out our health supplements pretty scary you on pops.com yeah i know all the science save more than 11 percent at checkout more than 11 <laughs> percent. that's always gonna make me laugh so this last story this is a fucking doozy yeah of a story my god it starts with a, a 69 nice year old man named elisha Britman. In 2019, he was found naked and beaten underneath a car and was taken to the hospital. But because he was nude, he had no identification on him. So he was initially listed as a John Doe. And eventually police were able to identify him, and that's in air quotes, as Alfonso Bennett who you might recognize as having a completely different name than the man we mentioned at the onset of this story. I did pick up on that nuance. Caitlin, can I tell you how they identified this man? Yeah, it's not good. They used mug shots, which that's racist, right? You know, feels racist that, that to feels me. a little bit feels racist, racist. to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if nothing else, highly inaccurate because again, uh, the man in question who was found beaten and naked was not Alfonso Bennett. I just don't understand that the first instinct is mugshots. Especially when we get to the family's lawsuit and the question they have, which might be the question everyone else has right now, but hold yeah, possibly. Your, hold Let's your horses, going. hold your yeah. horse drugs. Easy we'll get there. guys. Easy. The mix up. Uh, wasn't discovered for a few days, which uh, allowed the family enough, uh, the family of Alfonso Bennett, enough time to show up at the hospital, uh, mourn a little bit, and then uh, make the tough decision to take him off life support. And what's really tragic about it is in the hours leading up to that, his family was like, that doesn't look like our brother. Like, Granted, he's been beaten severely, but that doesn't look like him. And the hospital staff told them that they were in denial and that they just needed to accept it. That sounds like hospital staff to me. And so they eventually accepted it and uh, took their beloved brother off of life support. They started making funeral plans. They bought a burial plot. They bought a (laughs) casket. And shortly after buying that casket... Alfonso Bennett walks in the front door of a relative and was like, hey, I was out of town for a few days. I'm ready to have a barbecue. 
That is a quote from him. He said he came back ready to barbecue with his family. And his family, meanwhile, was like, uh, you're dead. So imagine that conversation. Like, so here's the thing. We thought you were in the hospital and we took you off life support. Yeah, that's, ooh. Sorry. Well, that's definitely motivator to get your final wishes in order. Yeah, no shit. What if they were like. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if if he was like, I'm glad you, I, I. Good to know that, that I, yeah, I would have wanted you to do that. Yeah. And it'd be funny if they were like, we've kind of adjusted to it now. So we're going to have to kill you. I'm going to have to ask yeah. you to go yeah, or this, die. It feels right. It just feels right having you dead. So we got rid of all the extra chairs. So Bennett's family, they obviously contact police and we're like, hey, we told you uh, wrong body. A- at which point the police were able to identify Alicia Barrett or Elisha Barrett, using fingerprints. And uh, now I'm sure everyone in the audience has the exact same question these families had, which is, why the fuck didn't you try fingerprints first? Unbelievable. And that is a question that remains to be answered because I I couldn't find any follow-up as to where this lawsuit is now. But both families well, they got, they, they got paid out. I promise you they got paid out. Yeah, like that, it, if that's... not, they will be very soon. Yeah, the, the end of the story is everybody gets some money. But you know who won't? Is this Alfonso guy. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened to him. Yeah, he just, he didn't die. So. He was out fishing or whatever, and all he wanted was a barbecue. That's so crazy. It, it's, I like the, I, I like that he just came back home. I wonder what kind of efforts went into getting a hold of him. Yeah, and the the thing also about Chicago, their police are terrible and highly corrupt. And it doesn't surprise me that they did this shitty of a job and just rushed to assume just, this person was who they thought it was. why they wouldn't check the finger. I mean, it's so simple. It's like, why wouldn't... Because they're lazy fucking racists. Like, <laughs> Illinois, Chicago police are the reason Illinois overturned the death penalty because there was this one cop who was like, uh, yeah, I got to tell you something. Uh, over the course of about 25 years, I have coerced false confessions out of eh, about 300 people. A lot of them are on death row. And Illinois was like, all right, we can't kill anyone now. Thanks a lot, bub. And they overturned the death penalty until they could sort out all those cases. Ugh. So that's Chicago for you. That is Chicago. Chicago. Da bears. Da bears. Well... That last one isn't really medical mistake. No, yeah, it's more police mistake. Yeah, in a medical setting. In a medical setting. Just another example of shit police should not be responding to. Crossover episodes. Like, remember when they used to do those when we were kids? Like the Mm -hmm. Chicago Hope and whatever? I don't remember anymore. I never watched any of those shows, except for ER. They still do them sometimes. They, oh, those, sh- like, they're still, like, Chicago Fire is still really big. There's all these, like, There's a whole Chicago night on NBC. It's Chicago yes. Fire, Chicago fucking gun violence. Oh. I don't know. Chicago <laughs> gambling. Chicago food. Chicago dogs, yeah, which are a little overrated. You don't need a well, salad on your fucking hot dog. Stop it. Anyway, I think that's an episode, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it, you know, we've been talking long enough for it to be an episode. Yeah, we've, we've hit our quota uh, our minute quota yep we've hit our pitch count and yeah, uh, i'm excited that we finally unveiled our supplement line i hope it pays off and by that i mean i hope it improves the health and wellness of millions of people nationwide 
if not globally. Oh, I was just trying to get rich. Well, that too. Should I have brought up that? I assume those two things go hand in hand. And if they don't, fuck medicine. Yeah, medicine's lying. Yeah, it's bullshit. Hmm. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? No. I think uh, by the time this goes up, we'll have, I was actually supposed to put it up by now. Whoops. There will be a level where you can subscribe to Pretty Scary and Conspiracy, the show, together. Because modern podcast subscription technology cannot handle that kind of uh, weighty task of letting someone sign up for two different things at once. So that checks out. Now I got to go do a whole bunch of extra shit. Thanks, Patreon. Thanks, Patreon. And Supercast. But also thanks, Patreon and Supercast. Yeah, Uh, thanks. You are how I make my my living. Thanks so Uh, much. So patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. Follow us on our always active Instagram page at Pretty Scary Boo. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got to do that now. (laughs) Same for our Twitter at Pretty Scary Boo. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Bossy Matilda. Kate is on Twitter. I am. I'm on Twitter a lot, actually. That's kind of where I go now. I still have a Twitter because I'm verified and I have a lot of followers. So I'm not just going to shut that down. No. But also the, the, I just keep peeling things about Twitter away from my life. Mm -hmm. And the latest is I have my mentions hidden. So Mm -hmm. you can tweet at me if you want, but it's going to, okay. You you have a better chance tweeting at one of the shows. Because okay. I still have those mentions going, but my if mentions. If you need to talk to Adam, talk to me first and I'll get the thing to Adam. Trust me, it'll be fine. Trust her. She will. Trust me. Trust so should we get out of here? Yes. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. So much.